Welcome to Money Your Way. My name is Jess and I'll be your host. This podcast is all about empowering women just like you to feel confident when making choices in the world of personal finance. It can feel super confusing and overwhelming when there's unfamiliar lingo and tons of options. So I'll do my best to keep this fun and simple as we learn together. What do you say? Let's jump right in. Today's episode is a little different than some of the other ones. Actually, very different. You guys, this is my first solo episode. I don't even know why I'm nervous. I just am. I'm also equally excited. Today, I'm going to talk about 10 tips that we use in our household either to save money or bring home a little bit extra cash. They're very approachable tips. They're things that you could literally go home and do tonight. And I've landed on the number 10 because this episode is dropping on the 10th of the month. It was honestly that simple. This isn't like a complete list, (laughs) Um, but also keep in mind that this is a list of what has been some things that work for us in our household. If you hear something and it doesn't seem to resonate or vibe with you, cool, move on. That's actually the whole point of this podcast. Going back to it again, if you haven't listened to May 1st episode, listen to it. It just shares a little bit of why I created this podcast to begin with, but my whole concept is that money, personal finance is personal, and so what what might work for one person might not work for another. I'm just sharing my tips, and my hope is that at least one person finds some benefit uh, in the things that I'm going to share today. So with that, it's hopefully going to be a little bit of a shorter episode, and I'm going to get right into it. Tip number one. Oh boy, this one is organize your space. And we're going into like spring cleaning season, so it couldn't be better timing to mention this. But really, when you think about it, knowing where your things are gives you this awareness of what you actually have. It's kind of like a taking inventory situation. I know I'm guilty of this where I've gone to the store and bought something because I thought I didn't have it. (laughs) And the reality was I just didn't know where it was. Um, It turns out like weeks later or something, I find it and I go, oh crap, now I have two of these and it's something I probably didn't need two of. So that's a little bit of a money saving choice or opportunity there. It also has been really big for me in my closet. Organizing my closet and going through it at least once a year, just trying to gauge all the clothes I have and maybe folding things that haven't been worn in a year um, has opened me up to some of the clothes that I forgot about. It's easy to get into this routine of the same shirt and the same jeans and the same hoodie every single time. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, I have this super special outfit and I love it and I've forgotten about it. So that kind of gives me this like shopping your own closet idea. Anyways, organize your stuff, try it, it, and it's worked for us. Number two, and I'm going to go a little bit in categories to try and keep this somewhat focused, um, is based in like the next few are based on the kitchen. So number two is meal plan off of your sales at your local grocery store. If you're not meal planning, then yeah, this is going to be like not a very helpful tip. But for us, we do really try to sit down once a week and look at what are some of the different meals that we'll be cooking. We usually go by protein because that's the most expensive part. And we look at what's on sale helps us think about recipes we haven't done in a while, or sometimes it even gets us to a point where we're creative and Googling and trying something new. So that helps us save some money. Also, grocery shopping at Aldi, 
We don't do all of our grocery shopping at Aldi, but having that as a store that's close to us for some of our staples has definitely been um, saving us some money. And if you have never shopped in an Aldi and you're hearing this and you're like, I drive by one every day, I've got to try it out, bring a quarter. If you know, you know, (laughs) but just have a quarter with you. You'll need it. Okay. Another kitchen tip, tip number three, is grocery shop with the list. Just before I recorded this, I talked through these 10 tips with my husband. And as soon as I read this tip, he kind of (laughs) laughed because this is more geared towards something that he's done very well and I've not. (laughs) That's why I know it works for saving money. He does the majority of our grocery shopping and, um, he is very focused on the list. I tend to get distracted and that ends to leading into a little bit of a higher, um, bill when you go to checkout. So stay focused, shop with your list, and buy literally what you need. There's a reason you made that list to begin with. Another kitchen tip, tip number four, this is a good one. I'm going to spend a little bit of time on this, is being smart with freezing foods. And this kind of comes into a couple different places for us. So one way that this has showed up is like buying fruits when they're on sale. I wash them, I chop them, like prep them basically, and then I put them in bags in my freezer and I use them for my smoothies. I saved, I don't know how much money, like sometimes it's like almost 50% off when they're on sale and they last quite a few um, months in the freezer and that helps out a lot to have those options just ready to go and knowing that I got the best deal. The other place that freezer foods are helpful for us is with lunches. If we're not having to go out at work to buy lunch, we're saving money. But the reality is we don't necessarily always have leftovers in the fridge. So that's where the freezer has become really helpful because we prepare foods that freeze well. I'll get to that in a second. We prepare foods that freeze well and then go to those in individually portion sizes. So we use like a little container. Um, We love the super cubes. We actually found them on Shark Tank, huge Shark Tank fan. I'll link them in the show notes. They're on Amazon. I find them super simple to use and I just freeze them in individual portions. And then um, if we don't have any leftovers or we wanna switch it up with something else for lunch that week, we just go in, grab exactly the meal that we want and defrost it for a little bit because sometimes it doesn't fit into like our Tupperware. But anyways, you get the idea. So it helps for lunches. (laughs) Some of the meals that are really good for that, that we found have been very successful from the cook to the freeze to the thaw is casserole type meals, crock pot recipes, um, anything that like maybe goes in the instant pot, those longer cooks, soups, those have all been really, really good for us in terms of cooking them, freezing them, and then thawing them and having like that same mouthfeel. I'm super particular about texture, so that's important to me. Other things that we use the freezer for are like portions of meals. So let me explain that. Rice, I cook in bulk, and here's a tip. If you're going to freeze your rice, your cooked rice, put it in the fridge overnight first. If you go straight from cooked rice to the freezer, it will be a hard block, (laughs) like a block of ice basically. So you want to put your rice in the fridge first. And then when you put it in the freezer, basically because it's already cold, cooled down, you can, um, like chip away at it a lot easier 
for individual portioning. Say you want to like add some rice to some, I don't know, gumbo that you froze from your individual meal portions. It'll be easy to pull off just the amount you want and not like the full brick worth. The other things are like veggies. So if you overbought on veggies and they're going to go bad or you like had them for a meal and then life happened and you didn't end up cooking that meal, those don't have to go to waste. You can chop them up. I've done this with onions. I've done it with celery, carrots, um, bell peppers, and I use these in things like omelets. Um, I use them in like soups when they say, hey, add one small um, chopped onion to like the skillet and saute it before your soup. Sometimes I had an extra chopped onion in the freezer. So that helps too. Um, sometimes too, we will cook like a whole pack of chicken at once. Well, we really prefer chicken thighs and it just happens that maybe there's like one or two leftovers and we both are sick and tired of eating the same thing that week. So I chop it up and put it into the freezer. Well, I label it as like quesadilla chicken. Becomes another really easy way to have a quick meal that's already prepared. It's flavorful chicken. We had it on the grill or we seasoned it with like taco seasoning or Tex-Mex stuff and that has helped us out as well. Last thing, which this is kind of a fun one. So the canned chipotle peppers in adobo sauce Those, I mean, I don't know a single recipe where I've ever used an entire can of it. It's like one pepper or two peppers, but we all know there's so many more of them in that can. I'm like, I don't want the whole can to go to waste. Freeze it, take it out, put it into a little baggie, freeze it. And honestly, like it's so much easier to chop those um, like chilies when they're frozen anyways. And then you can use it in recipes, but it'll last you a lot longer. I've also heard that you can freeze other things like um, fresh herbs, like if you have a garden, if you're lucky enough (laughs) to have a garden and you have like a lot of basil and stuff, you can freeze that in some olive oil and like ice cubes, ice cube trays, and you can use it to like make pesto one day. Or um, I've heard ground ginger can get frozen too. I haven't done that yet. Okay, moving on. Tip number five. So this is a bathroom tip. This is very personal and near and dear to me because it's been um, like very influential. So using all of your toiletries. One of the biggest steps in this stemmed from me canceling my subscriptions across the board in a lot of different areas, particularly with things like FabFitFun and Ipsy that just gave me like all of these bathroom products. You guys, I think when I went and organized, tip number one, um, and then took inventory of everything I had, I had like 13 or 14 different face masks. I mean, it was insane. There was no need for me to have that many face masks. And now doing a face mask once a week at least is part of my routine because I forgot about them and I was like, I need to use these. There's no point in hoarding them. So plus hair products, like a million different defrizzers, conditioners, all that kind of stuff. I just canceled the subscriptions and I made it my point to use what I have. And I cannot tell you how good it feels over the last year and a half that I've been practicing this to be like, ah, I finished a bottle or I finished this tube of something because it's just been sitting and taking up so much space. I mean, I'm looking forward to the day I look down under my like bathroom cabinet and only see 
like one of each thing because that's what I'm using actively and maybe one extra as a spare because it would be detrimental if I didn't have it. <laughs> Ladies, you know. All right, tip number six, being mindful of size. As a Costco member myself, it is so easy to fall into the trap of like buy Costco sized everything. And it's also something that we know a lot of times when you buy things in bulk, it's like a better price. Like cheese, for example, if you get the small size versus the bigger size, like you're getting a better value, like dollar per ounce on the larger size. But sometimes with certain things in your house, like maybe it doesn't make sense. So one of the examples that this came up with for me was spackle for my drywall. And I think I hadn't used spackle for drywall in maybe two years. And so when it came to using what I had, and of course, at the time I had bought the biggest tub because I was like, why would I spend $5 on one that's half the size if I can get twice the size for eight bucks? I mean, that's saving $2 in this, like, if I bought two of the small ones. But here's the thing. I had that big one. I had plenty of stuff left in there. And then when I went to use it two years later, it was like, not good anymore. I mean, it was starting to dry out. So I ended up having to throw it away and buy a new one anyways. So my point here was kind of recognizing maybe even if like your price per unit is cheaper, if you're not going to use it all up, be mindful of that. And at the moment of buying, it might make more sense to go with the smaller size. I know, like it was kind of hard (laughs) to wrap my head around, but it makes sense when you have situations like this that pop up. Another thing that I just used this same concept for was buying um, a, like, bronzer. I realized I don't really have one that I use, and I intentionally went shopping for makeup for, like, specific things. I'm like, I'm basically out of this product, and here's one that I don't have, and I want something like this. So the lady at Ulta found a bronzer for me based on the things that I told her I wanted. Well, when I went online to go buy it, this will, I'll wrap back around to this with point number 10. But when I went online to buy it, um, one of the things was I noticed there was a travel size. And again, like it didn't end up being the biggest bang for my buck, but I saved $15. And the reality is I probably will never finish the large size. I mean, that's just me, but I've never finished the full size of bronzer anyways. So the travel one's going to be perfect and it's going to save me 15 bucks. Um, On the other flip side of this, though, it might make sense to buy the bulk size. There's things that we refill, like um, dish soaps and different, like, cleaning supplies that I buy in bulk, and then I keep the smaller size if I had it, and if I didn't, I usually um, just reuse, like, another spray bottle or whatever makes sense for that product, but I buy those in bulk and then use them as a refill for smaller size handheld cleaning supplies, and I end up saving money. So it does go both ways. Just be mindful of the size and how often you're using something, um, and also like how long that product is going to last. Okay, number seven. So this is a furniture topic. This might be one that people roll their eyes at, but... I would say, depending on how important (laughs) things are to you, um, 
you may have to ask yourself, do you really need a new piece of furniture? There are so many things that just get thrown in landfills, and I'm not going to start the whole conversation on this podcast, but if it's just like the one nightstand that you need for the guest bedroom that's going to get used three times a year, maybe it doesn't need to be brand new. Maybe you can go check Facebook Marketplace and see someone who's selling one that was $100 brand new and you get it for 30 bucks. Those small little things have really added up for us as we have outfitted our house. And it also kind of like just through living makes it easier. Like if the dog's ding one of the pieces of furniture, I'm like, oh, whatever. I got a good deal on it and it already maybe had a little scratch, so I don't feel this anxiety around it. Anyways, that was my tip there. Number eight, think about places that, things in the house that you can reuse or repurpose. So I'm sure that there are a bajillion pages worth of Pinterest worthy ideas here, and I'm just going with what I've personally used. I'm, now I'm going to have to go after this episode and look on Pinterest and find more ideas. But some of those things are an empty candle jar. Like when you finish a candle, clean it out, Google it. If you don't know how to do it, clean it out. And then you can use that container because candles are so pretty these days. You can use that for anything. I know that I use a cleaned out candle jar for like different little small bathroom trinkets in my guest room. Just has like a small makeup remover and some Q-tips and cotton rounds all in this little jar and it looks cute. Um, Mason jars. When you buy like sauces and different things from the grocery store, you obviously can recycle the jar when you're done or you can reuse it in your house. And it's become really helpful for different things. Like if we make our own sauce and have a bunch left over, maybe we made like our own barbecue sauce or something, then we can store it in that mason jar for the few days or weeks later. Um, it, and also there's just like cute recipes online that put things in mason jars. Why would you need to buy any if you could have been saving them for yourself? So like overnight oats and there's like salads in a jar. There's like cute layered things. Look it up if that's something that's interesting to you. And also we save gift bags. Like you know um, the Amazon Christmas? It's just because we are just fresh out of the holiday season that I'm thinking about this, but like the Amazon gift wrap bags, I mean, those are so easy to reuse. I save them and we use them for Christmas over and over and over again. So that is one that has showed up for us for sure. Tip number nine, thinking about things in your house and as you're going through it and organizing it, if you're going to follow some of these tips for yourself, then you might find items that you don't use anymore. Could you sell it? That's the tip. Could you sell it? Could you list anything from your house on Facebook Marketplace or OfferUp or wherever next door and make a little bit extra money? I mean, I'm even talking about like five, ten bucks makes a difference. I had bought a juicer because I like fell for a trap of not using my <laughs> not using my grocery list and I saw it when I was walking through and I bought it. I think I used that thing once or twice and got so fed up with the cleaning process. I'm like I'm never going to do this again. It's so much work. But then I had this juicer and it was taking up a bunch of space and obviously it was something I was looking at it made me feel like a failure for buying it and not using it. 
So I got rid of it. I resold it. And it was so nice to make a little bit of money back. It was nice for people to get someone a good deal on it. And it was nice to not have to see it in my house anymore. Tip number 10, you guys, we made it. We made it to number 10. So if you follow me on Instagram, I talk about this all the time. Sorry if I sound like a broken record, but really, if you're not using cashback apps and extension in your browser, you are missing out on free money. It's that plain and simple. And in that same category, we'll just put like a little asterisk and using coupons where you can. Let me just talk about the coupons first, and then I'll talk a little bit about cashback. So save those Bed Bath & Beyond coupons that you always get in the mail, because even if they're expired, you can use them. At least I'm saying that from personal experience. If anything changes, y'all let me know. But you can still use them, just not online, in-store. So the ones online have to be up-to-date or valid, but in-store you can bring old ones, and they are really good about using any different kinds you have and getting you the best deal. I have also heard, not use this personally, but saw this from a friend, that you can use Bed Bath & Beyond coupons at World Market. Y'all, I really need to test that out because I have a ton saved up. Okay, cashback stuff. So Rakuten is probably my favorite. I'm going to link codes to all of these in the show notes because it's a win-win. If you use my referral code, you get a sign-on bonus. And you know what? They thank me too with a little bit of um, bonus back, but it doesn't change anything for you. And as far as like giving me um, that bonus, and actually you get something to start with. I think with Rakuten right now um, in mid-January, it's like 30 bucks as your sign-on. That's awesome. That's free money. The first time you upload a receipt, you'll get 30 bucks. So how does it work? Each of them are a little bit different. Rakuten's my favorite, so I'll just share that one. It is um, both an option for in-store and online. I'm like 95% of my online shopping, so that's the way that I mostly use it. And I use the Google Chrome extension. I'm sure they have other extensions. That's just the browser I use. So the way it works is when I'm on a website that they have a partnership with for cash back, it'll do a little pop-up and say, hey, this website is available for 4% cash back. Click here to activate. What I love, love, love about that is I don't have to leave the website I'm on, leave the website I'm shopping from to go to their page or their app and activate it that way. It just makes it so streamlined. And that's the reason I've been able to benefit so much from it because I'm actually using it. The in-store option, if you link some of your like cards that you use for purchasing, so credit cards, debit cards, whatever, then um, when you buy at that participating in-store, it'll see your purchase through that card and give you those benefits. Another one that I love, I'm just giving you like two of my favorites, is Fetch. That one I love because you just take a picture of your receipt. You don't have to go through all of their different deals and snag their deals and make sure that those are the things that you're buying. It scans your receipt for what they have promotions connected with. And then even if they don't have a specific promotion with one of the items that you bought, you get points for just uploading your receipt. So I'll link all of the ones I use, but those are my two favorite. And 
those are the top, those are not top 10. I'll just say those are 10 tips that we implement in our house. I'm going to go through them one last time and this was a nice quick episode. So number one, just go through your space, organize it, take inventory, know what you have. Number two, plan your meals off of your grocery store sales. Number three, when you actually go grocery shopping, focus, stay focused with the list that you made. Make a list, bring it, and stick to it. Number four, implement using the option of freezing foods to maximize on sales and to have like meals prepared for when you might need them. Number five, use all of your toiletries. Don't become a toiletry hoarder. Number six, be mindful of the size, like the quantity of things that you're buying versus how often you're going to use them versus how quickly they expire or go bad. Consider the whole combination of that. Number seven, when you think about furniture, do you really need it new? Maybe it's worth checking out a reseller, Facebook marketplace, or shop like that. Number eight, are there opportunities for you to reuse or repurpose items in your house to save you from having to buy an item that would have the same, like, purpose? I feel like I just said purpose five times. Number nine, are there things in your house that you could sell, that you could sell slightly and gently used, or maybe, heck, they're even brand new, and make a little bit extra money? And number 10, like we just went over, is not missing out on coupon opportunities and free cash back on your purchases. I hope this episode was helpful. Can't wait to hear your reviews. And thank you again so much, you guys, for the support. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Money Your Way. If you loved this episode or you learned something new, it would mean the world to me if you just took a few seconds and shared it with a friend. I cannot wait to keep learning and growing in this journey together.